Welcome, welcome. This is LifeCast, bringing you the G220 effect. I am Steve. And I'm Denai. And Galatians 2 and 20 is what the G220 effect means. Check it out. Read it. Awesome. Yes, we love that scripture because that's what this podcast is all about. It's us casting Jesus, revealing Jesus in everyday life. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're here today to bring something great and something that is true to our heart and key to our heart. You know, we live this life that we live because it's important to us. And it's important that we live this life because it is not I who live, it's Christ that lives in me. So today's topic is the importance of the Word of God. And you know, when we think about the Word of God, we think about so many different things because the Word of God is our Bible. The Word of God, it says in the Word of God that it's our sword. And so we got these many different things that we can go in. And I just wanted to pose a question or or give a question to those who are out here listening. You know, what was an important word that someone gave you in life and it stuck with you? And it stuck with you. Come on, Denai, you got this. I think for me, it was, I remember my grandmother always singing this song. It was a very popular song. She was a teacher, so she was very, um, very instructive in everything that she did. And she, she used to sing this song called Trust and Obey. And it says, like, trust and obey is the only way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And I grew up with such obedience, um, being taught this is how you do things and this, you listen to what grandma says and listen to what mom and dad say. And I, I just grew up trusting and obeying because she put that in me. That was a word that she sang over me as if she was that, speaking that life over me. Awesome. Awesome. And for me, I would say just, you know, growing up, being a grandma's boy, you know, always being being the youngest that, that I start with that. You know, I um, tend to, to really stick to my grandmother and she always would have words for me, you know, the, through the Bible, you know, scripture and stuff like that. One of those old, you know, old older persons that give you just life, man, to just give you life when they speak. And, you know, so I can remember that. And now I live with this joy in my heart because of the same life she lived and she spoke over me. Here it is. I am him. I'm Steve. Here I am. Hallelujah. There and is so, power in the word. Yeah. And so we brought that to you just to give you some type of effect with the importance of the word mean, you know, you know, and, you know, the importance of it and how God is, you know, moving through it, through the word. And then he shows itself through the word. And now we're looking at it and now we got to live this life and know how important living this life is. And in the last podcast that we did, we talked about the parable of the sower and we went into the importance of sowing the seed and our heart. We talked about in another podcast, the condition of our heart and why it's important for our hearts to give all the hurt and pain that's within it to God, to heal us so that we can sow seed onto good ground that brings forth great crop in its, in its season. So we talked about the importance of sowing seed in the last episode that we had. So the seed we said was the word of God. And now we get to talk about what is the word of God? What is this that you need to sow into your life and why is it important? And I believe that this topic really came about because Steve and I have just been seeing how we have, we're seeing so much around us that people are really not in their word. They're being spoon fed. Sometimes the word of God, it's chewed up for them and they just like, eat it off of somebody else or they're easily beset by the things of this world because the, you can we can tell that it's because you're not grounded in the word and when you're not it's truly those thorns will choke it up 
And I, you know, I, I go with the scripture in Timothy where it says, study the show that's a approved, a workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so with that, you know, no study, there is nothing in there that was deposited. And so nothing comes out. And so you see it like it's like an epidemic that's rising up when you go to church that they're not asking for a Bible to be open. You know, and when you don't do that, a person doesn't get become an eyewitness of actually reading, you know, reading it for themselves. They don't get that opportunity. And that's why we encourage even right now today, we're going to be in Second Timothy three. We just encourage you if you have if you're at home, this is just your time of just relaxing. Take your word, take that Bible out, open it up and get get a acclimated to the pages if it's on your phone that's fine if you're driving don't worry about it we're gonna read the word of God to you but we do encourage people getting familiar with the word because this word is what we live by and you know it's something that I always say you can look at your phone all day you know and it, it still be your phone but when you look at the word it's gonna the actual book itself I mean, you, you can say as many books as all this stuff, as many different translations, all that stuff. But when you actually open the Bible itself, it's almost like like any other book. You can't t- you can't put it down. But the only thing is this book will give you the keys of life. Hallelujah. Because I, I look at Steve and I would look when we get our weekly report. Usually it's on Sunday when we would notice it. I don't know if it's the same on everybody's phone, but we get a weekly report on how much we're using our phone. And it's always like, oh, yeah, this week I was on my phone a little longer than normal, you know, and then it tells you, you know, how how much time you spend in social media, how much time you spend on games, how much. And you'll be amazed at the hours spent on a, a phone. And imagine that, as Steve said, that the Bible gives us the keys to life, how to live yeah, this yeah. life. Imagine if we spend as much time. I, I, I hope they create something that tells you how much time you're spending in you version or any other <laughs> Bible version that you have in your in your in your phone. It would be nice. It would be nice just to see because this is actually what is transforming your life. The things of this world are not transforming our life. Instead, they're just putting and heaping things that are callousing our hearts because we're in this vain. And we're going to read most of that. And we've been reading Timothy. We, they talked about vain babbling and, 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 and profanity and all these things that take you away from really just soaking in the word and, and cause the condition of our heart to be so the ground not to be as fertile. So when the seed goes in there, it probably doesn't even germinate or produce anything. Yeah. Yeah. So while we jump into this book, we jump, in, we jump into Timothy, the second chapter. I mean, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 1. And when we read verse 1, it goes as. Oh, before we do that, we just want to let you guys know, today we're doing things a little different. We're doing it like Steve and I are doing our Bible study at home when we have our study time. So we're, what we're going to be doing is just reading the whole of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 all the way down to chapter four. I think we're going to go into like the sixth verse of chapter four. So we're just going to be slowly reading it and just breaking it down as we read. So read along with us as we study today. Yes. So second Timothy chapter three goes as follow. This know also that in the last days, perilous time shall come. And so in that first verse, that word perilous, what does that mean? He's talking about the word perilous means full of danger or risk. So when you see that word perilous, it's talking about risk or danger. 
And so he's talking about in the last time, times will come, will become full of danger or risk. And so just that first verse sets a precedent right there. So it's letting you know what's going on, what he's seeing. Um, and we believe that the last days, the last day started the day that Jesus Christ was uh, resurrected and, um, and on the day of Pentecost that, I mean, those are the last days. We are in the last days since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the Bible says we don't know the time or when Christ is coming back, but you know what? We have to be ready. We have to be prepared. We have to, and, and it gives us the, the word of God is, uh, Steve calls it, what's your acronym? The Bible, the acronym. Bible, uh, um, basic instruction before leaving earth. <laughs> and so I, I could tell you that I heard it before. And so if you think about it, the Bible just gives you precepts and examples from others who, who were written down. And so it tells you from examples how to live, what happens when this happened, what to do when these things happen in your life, what to do when these things happen. And it's telling you to do it based off what God is telling the people to do. And so it, it gives you the example how to live this life. I mean, I mean, it lets you know that God understands and that he knows what's going on. He knows what's coming. And so he's teaching us how to walk in the midst of those things happening. So verse 2 reads um, in Second Peter. For, second I mean, Timothy. Second Timothy, sorry about that. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, coveters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. So let's just start with that word coveters. So what does it mean to covet? What do you think, Denai? What, what does it mean to covet? Covetousness to me is jealousy. So I want what somebody else has. <clears throat> yeah, I want what you have, and I'm going to get what you have. Oh, yeah. Look at, look at, and, and this is no offense to all my YouTubers, YouTuber influencers, as they call them nowadays. But it's, as you watch it, who can outdo who, right? It's like, you have that, and I want it too. And a lot of kids are probably sitting at home watching and saying, I want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 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 just the, the, the thing I used to think about when I was a kid, you watch. You lived in a certain neighborhood or any type of neighborhood. You watch the next man. Um, you watch the next man do great, and here you are struggling. And you watching him come home with new things, and here you are coming home with with the same old stuff. And so it gives people that allurement, like, man, I want to live like they live in. I want to have what they have. And being kids, you know, you grow up like that. You 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 begin to covet the things that they have. So it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think. And so. You know, just to get off that word covet, coveting is just, I want what you have, and I want it, and it's a form of jealousy. And so, moving on, you know, to word boasters. What is a boaster? What is being proud? Blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy. So, all these things are characteristics that we do see. I mean, and, and we just explained one, but you can go on further and, and see what all those mean. And they're without natural affection. They're truce breakers. And, that, and that's a that's a big deal. People are not, there's this uh, relativity that's like rising up now. No, uh, whatever makes you happy and whatever. And that makes, to me, um, truce breakers. Not because even just that, the word do you. Just do you. Just be you. That makes to me a truce breaker because it's telling me that you you really if if you are happy with what I do, there's never anyone who's accountable for saying yes, for saying no, for really standing on what they stand for. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Despisers wow. of those that are good. Wow. 
Steve and I have noticed something. The TV will say God, 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 but it will not say Jesus. No, they won't. <laughs> We're noticing that. I just wanted to add that. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And this is the biggest one right here. Having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof for such turn away. So having the form of godliness, can I just deal with this a little bit tonight? Yeah, you can. Having the form of godliness is saying that, oh, for those, I hope I don't hit a nerve right here. I go to church. Yeah, I, I go every Sunday. I just want to add that hitting a nerve is a good thing because <laughs> we know that Amen. as we have learned before that conviction comes from the Holy Spirit and he comes to remind you that you, there's better for you. Not to beat you down, but to remind you there's better for you. So if you get that conviction, then that means that's an area you have to say, Holy Spirit, help me in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just having the form of godliness and the, having the form of godliness, denying the power of that is just I go to church um, every Sunday and there is no application there is no application to i went to church and i and i heard the word and i don't apply it and so every sunday i come to church every sunday without applying the word and so it's like okay i'm doing my due diligence i went to church so what you gonna say i'm a sinner now no but no but we're not gonna say you're a sinner but it's more to just going to church it's more to being in the building yes it's good being in the body with with other believers because you become strengthened but it's more than just going and going and, and having a, a, a Sunday, I went to church. I did my two hours. I'm good. But the rest of the week, two hours don't last through the rest of the week. You know, you got, it's 24 hours in a day. So two hours, that mean what the deposit that you had, that gas, man, you about to run out. So <laughs> um, it, it's awesome to, to know that the word is telling us where it's meeting us right where we are. Said having a form of godliness, but denying the power there of such should turn away. And I love the the part the part that says denying the power thereof, because there's another scripture that talks about the kingdom of God is not just by word, but it's by power. There's power in the kingdom. Even yeah. the demonstration of power that we see in the book of Acts. So we even see Jesus walking in power, you know, being able to go somewhere and speak in authority. That's the power. So when to me, if you have a form of godliness, yeah, you speak all these things, but there's no power that comes out of it. Even as the disciples were with Jesus, they said uh, uh, there was, I guess, I, I believe it was the multitude. Forgive me if I'm, I'm wrong, but they, they even looked at Jesus and said, who is this man that talks with such power and authority? That's what made him stand out. It's because he not only had this word, but he lived. Jesus lived this word. As a young child, you see him going to learn of his father and growing up, knowing the word and spending time with his father. So he's bound to speak with power and authority. So those that walk in a form of godliness, they might quote scriptures, but there's no power in what they're, they, the word really does to us. Because the word is just not there, right, Steve? Yeah, there is no word. There's no living word witness as, as that's producing and so it, it's it's that power it looks like something you know how you say the saying is it looked like a dog it must be a dog no it, it looks like a christian but it might not be a christian and it might it might just need more it need more to more substance to it hallelujah there's power that comes out when you put the word in there should be evidence cuz if we're if we, if he's the true vine and we're the branches 
then what should come out of that? There should be fruit. And that fruit is what we're talking about, that being able to speak with power, being able to go in environments where everything is speaking against us and we stand for what is right. And we're around people who are gossiping and I'm able to go in there and say, no, I, I, I believe the word of God. It says this, and I speak life because the power, uh, the uh, life and death and the power of, of that lies in my tongue. So I'm going to speak like that is being able to see the power, not denying the power of it, but seeing the power of it. And giving you an example of that, you can say, I'm, I got a headache all day. My head hurts. What happens? Your head hurts. And then you can say, oh, this headache is going to go away. It's going to go away. I just believe it's going to go away. And what happens? Before you know it, you go to reach for that headache again and it's gone. You're like, wow, what happened to my headache? You spoke it. You spoke it away from you. You spoke it to leave. So it's no longer there. And that's power. And that's the power. Yes. You know, I, I wanted to double back a little bit because before having the form of God, and this is said, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And so we get into the sensationalism, I say. I always say this generation is full of sensationalism. When I can say one word and everybody jump to it, you know. And so it's like all these, you know, you if you're a YouTuber or you're an Instagrammer or you're a Facebooker, you know, all these challenges that come out, you know, these different challenges they talk about. It's sensationalism when people began to want to do the challenge. And, you know, I always say that the Bible say that God made us fearfully and wonderfully. So if he made us fearfully and wonderfully, that means each one of us have our own makeup. And that's what makes us different and unique. So if we are doing these challenges, that we're all the same. You know, so which one of us are leading? Which one of us is following? So God, and some of us is leaders. And some of us, it's followers. And some of us, it has to be built up to be a leader. And so we all are different, but. And as believers, I just want to add this as believers, we have all been called to leadership because we see the great commission. It's, it's for all of us. We all have been called to go out there and preach the gospel and, and, and help to set the captives free because we are a living witness. Like Steve said of God's word. And because we live this and because we know that he, he's our God. We can share that with the world. So this book is really telling us to step up in our leadership as believers, not just, I know that Timothy was called for something, a call, he had a call on his life, but for believers, it's a challenge for us to really stand out. It's really painful to see even believers in these in this day who have that form of godliness but there's no power that goes with it it looks like the world it everything that they're producing looks like everything around us and it's not transforming people's lives and you know what i always said this i always tell my wife this i said years ago you can always see how the church affected the world but now you see the effects of the world in the church and so it's almost like backwards like years ago you would see the, the the world doing things as the church you know, and you'll be like, wow, they copying us. Now you see the church doing things as the world in the world. Like, yay, we got them. I love how every time we have a conversation with Steve, I record him every time. It's so funny. Do you know that he started out in the church? Every musician. <laughs> do you know he started out in the church? Look at look at how he sounds. Look at Listen to James Brown. He sounds like he's preaching. <laughs> because, and I always laugh at him because it's so funny to me. Everything. But it makes sense. things were being done as the church was doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so you look at this generation now is that you can see that God, they have shifted away from God. And so now even the church 
you know, it's looking like the world because the generation has shifted away from God. You know, so it's we had to get back to God. Hallelujah. We got to get back to that power. We got to get back to standing out. We got to get back to the truth, which is the word of God. When yeah. when men become lovers of pleasure, we are looking like we're lovers of God. There's a word that I really have been chewing on for a while now, and it says cleave to that which is good and abhor evil. To abhor yeah. is to yeah. absolutely have no distaste. And this is a this this is a word for those that I believe God is raising up a generation of believers who stand with God in truth and in power. And they not only just stand on that grace wave, but know that this is the truth because it says in John that here's the one, John the Baptist is presenting Jesus. He says, here's the one that comes with grace and truth. And those that will stand on that truth, the truth of God's word, because so much around us is going to start to look like and have the form of godliness, but because it's not going to have the power, that's how we know that that's not God. And the Bible say that as believers, we are supposed to be the salt of the earth. And what salt does, it affects everything it touches. You ever put salt on meat? And what happens? You taste the salt. You ever put salt? You ever felt the salt that's in like um, maybe um, a, another food that you buy? You can taste it. Or like when you buy canned beans and you don't get rid of the, 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 uh, the water that's in there, you can taste the salt that's in that water because it preserves. You know, salt no longer, salt not only affects what it touches, it preserves what it touches. And so it's something. We also, when we were studying yesterday, um, we saw this and this got us really excited because my husband loves Revelation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he gets, he communicates with the Lord a lot in, in Revelation and since he was young. Right? Yeah, yeah. The Lord deals with me in Revelation. Yeah. yeah. So he, he has a lot of knowledge that helps to connect the rest. I know that Genesis is the beginning. Revelation is the end and everything in between. So everything is awesome. The word of God is really powerful. But we saw this in Revelations 9 verse 13. And I'm just going to read it. If you can just take your time to flip there. Revelation 19 13. And he was clothed. This is talking of Jesus. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. I mean that, that we just, that's just Steve loves to read the whole thing. Cause it's really powerful. Cause it's talking about how he comes in and, 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 and later on it talks about the, 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 Riding on his thigh, riding on a horse. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a really powerful scripture, but we love that. And uh, Steve is just going to read out of John to, cross-reference yeah. let that. me let me just nail this thing down for you right here so it said that he was the word of god right so this is what we deal with john 1 and 1 i know this is a familiar passage for those who read their word and for those who have don't john 1 and 1 reads as in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god ain't that awesome ain't that awesome so the word of god is god and in the beginning, he was there. So here it is, the word of God returning in the end. And yes. It, and you read the word. So Genesis means the beginning, and Revelation is the end, you know, and everything in the middle. So we're in the middle. So here's God showing up in the beginning, doing everything he did. And here he is returning in the end and doing what he's doing. Hallelujah. Man. Everything now coming to, to, to full understanding. But we really were taken by the fact that his name is called the word of God. Jesus himself in John 1, I think it's around 14, where it says he was made 
made flesh. The word was made flesh. So this very word, he was called the word and he came in flesh. He is the power. So when we speak of what the word of God is, this, this word is powerful. In first Peter, it says, I believe first Peter one twenty five. it says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And I just love that because it's talking about, we talk about revelation being at the end, but the word of God being so powerful that it, it lasts forever. You know what? Tr- things with ch- traditions change. The way people do things change. What's popular in society changes. But the word of God endureth forever. And he who is coming is called the word of God. He himself yeah. who came in the flesh for us. Now that to me is a reminder that the word of God is so powerful. And I need to stand by it. When I read it, it's just not words that I'm reading. But I ask the Holy Spirit, help me to be able to apply this so that it is a word that I live in. It is a word that is true to me. When I'm in any environment, your word will test Anytime. And there's scriptures to support that too. They, your, your word will stand forever. Yes, enduring to the end of time. So, so that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And just to par- just go back for the scripture that Denai mentioned, John 1 and 14, this is what it says. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and his glory and the glory as only the begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Yes. So that's awesome. It just confirms who he is and confirms what he came to do. Hallelujah. Grace grace was the wonderful thing. It wasn't because we deserved it, but he just he said, "I'm going to become the propitiation of your sin." Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was grace. And then the truth is what his word stands for. The truth is his word. He is true. Everything he speaks is true. Yeah. And we have to now get to a place where we live by the word, as we have been reading in 2 Timothy 3. So, yeah. guys, I think we're going to do another podcast continuing on 2 Timothy 3. And just go into that chapter and, and, and dive in some more. Because so far we've learned that, you know, perilous times are coming. And these are the things that we should be warned of. And, and then we see at the end, we're going to get more tools as to how we get to walk in, in, in what will help us to defend ourselves in these times. Yeah, you get that, uh, that, that whole armor, may I say. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so, go ahead. At this, you know, I didn't want to cut you off, babe. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. At this point, um, we just wanted to open, open your eyes to some things. And so I say, you know, as the days approach, as the hours wane, and as the minutes and seconds you have to choose, you have an awesome choice to make. And so because this choice is only given for you as an individual and you out there listening, I will say this. Choose God because it's the only way that you can go. And if you know him and if you already know him and you have issues in your life going on, just ask him to step in and watch what he do. And believe it. But for those who don't know Christ, I would say this at this very moment, that if you don't know him, it's an awesome opportunity that's granted to every one of us each day. And I would say this to you. So if you want to know Christ, you just repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this day. 
And I, I know, Father, I haven't been who I am. And I know I'm not doing exactly what you want me to do. And so, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for anything, everything. And that I be able to receive you as my Savior this day. And, Lord, I give my life to you, Lord, for you are God. And I believe you because your words say you are true. It say you were there in the beginning. And so I thank you for that word, Lord, for you being there in the beginning, meaning that you were there when I was born. You were there when my mother conceived me. You was there when the very thought of me was there in the, in the process. And so, Lord, I thank you this day that my life is now yours. And so from this day forward, I commend you as my Lord and Savior. And if you said those words with me today, then you, the son, who the son set free is free indeed. And you are free now. You are free in the name of Jesus Christ because he is the one and only son of God. And he walked in the flesh and he lived this life just so that we can live. So if you said that with me this day, your life is hidden in Christ. Amen. Amen. And all of heaven is rejoicing. I know that... Um Steve said a lot of words, but you just meditate on those words just so your heart could also really understand what the words are saying in case you weren't able to repeat right after him. But those words are really true, that they be true in your heart because you have to believe it in your heart. And we just pray that you will believe that and you will walk in that truth. Amen. God bless you. This has been the G220 Effect. We love you. God bless you.